This week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob is not brought to you by a series of JLo rom-coms. Teenage Film Snob, I'm James Chalmers, your friendly neighbourhood film snob, recording again live from Film Snob HQ. I am going to keep saying that probably for the rest of the year until I get sick of it, um, because it's cool. I like working in, it, working in here, and I've got my whole setup now, which if you've been following on Instagram, you'll see it looks very, very cool. But enough about my nonsense. We're here to talk about movies. We're continuing our, our focus on the 2000s. Um, as I've described in previous episodes, but probably the definitive decade of movies for me and for most of my guests, because that was our our formative movie years. And today, it's been a while since it's been on. It's been a long time waiting, but uh, finally, after a little bit of a break, we can welcome back one of my favourite guests in the world, my uh, movie-watching partner all of last year. Please welcome back, Josh Zacco. Hey. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy, see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't. Was you called me Jimmy C in a message the other day, and it, I lost my mind. I laughed so loudly, and like it was that, like accompanied by like a series of curse words. It was just so out of out of nowhere. I was like, oh my god, made me laugh. Uh, how are you, man? I am good, busy but good. Yeah, I ask as if I don't know. We just spent like an hour talking and catching <laughs> up because it's been a minute since we've even spoken. Like we um. Life, life, life is life moves very quickly, and uh, it's been happening a lot around us in the last few months. So it's it's been nice to to catch up. Yeah, for sure. We uh, usually talk about what we've watched, and what we're doing, and all that. So. Yeah, you've been. I, I know you've been watching. You've been watching Has Been Hotel. You mentioned before we started recording. You've been devouring that multiple times. Um, yeah. Which is a pretty strong recommendation. Plenty to get into that. But have you been watching any movies? Yeah. Um, I recently watched 1922, that Stephen King movie. Oh, how was that? It wasn't very. (laughs) I think my trailers make it seem different than what it was. The trailer is totally different to what the movie is. The movie is such a slow burn. I love Stephen King movies. I like the way they're styled. Mm. There's a particular style to them. Um, but I, I just this movie like in the tall grass was good. Okay. Um, I like the Stan TV series. Okay. Um, I saw the the new Hunger Games. That was good. I enjoyed that. Back to Stephen King quickly. One of the first horror films we watched together was a Stephen King film, uh, Dreamcatcher. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> so underrated. Like it's it is dumb, but it's so good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just what Stephen King is. There's a little bit of cringe. There's a little bit of gore. There's mm. a little bit of smut. There's a little bit of cheese. And there's I. A, uh, I just love is it Damien Lewis? Like his all of his like voices as the as Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray yeah. like, I've been in your memory warehouse. Like just Yeah. I hope they're doing our prequels here. I'm so down for that. A prequel to Dreamcatcher. Prequel to it. Oh to it. So it. Um yes, yes, yes. Um yeah. welcome to Derry. Um yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um I, I rewatched those It movies last year, and two is a bit long, and the end is very CGI heavy. But I still enjoy it. But like, like I think one is the stronger film. Like one just executes on every level, and because it's just the kids, I think it plays scarier. Whereas the second, although 
The second one does have the old woman sequence, which is terrifying. Yeah, I think the first one just feels like every good old school horror movie mm. slash, you know, sci-fi, you know, that 80s kids getting trouble type of type of setup. It's like everything like Spielberg did and yeah. like, and it's like, it's what Stranger Things has really kind of yes. made, built on as well as like Stephen King via Steven Spielberg. Yeah. That first one is really, really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, choose, like choose, choose fun as well. It's just, yeah, it's, it is like, it's cast excellently. It's just a bit long. Um, I don't remember what other movies I've watched. I've like, like I've watched a lot of like ones that are on my list that weren't very good. So I wanted to watch them, but they didn't turn out that great. Ah, uh, that's always disappointing. Like, You're like, I can't, I'm finally watching it. Yeah. I should have kept waiting. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I watched Burn After Reading. A few oh, that's ago. a great flick. I know. I know. It's so weird because it's like, I mean, it's the, the cast is really good because it's like John Malkovich, George Clooney, Brad Pitt. Um, Brad Pitt is so funny in it. Like, just yeah. he's playing like a himbo. Like, he's just like so dumb. Uh, the Brad Pitt uh, is so funny, though. Like, it's just like, it's people getting into accidents thinking that they're in bigger trouble than they really are. Yeah. And then everyone's having affairs. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like, I was talking to people after it, after after I saw it, because I watched it. I haven't seen it since it came out, and I loved it. Like Tan and I watched it together, and we're like, "That's amazing." Um, but it hasn't been available for a long time in Australia, which is why I don't own it. Um, but I remember talking to other people, and they were like, "It was so stupid because none of it was important. It was all just accidents." I'm like, "Yeah, that's the genius of it. Like yeah, the genius of it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah." And like it's like the 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 hint is in the title. It's like after like burn after reading, like after you've seen it, like just, just dispose of it. Like none of it matters. Like it's all in the title. You just need to pay attention. Yeah. But um, that's a great flick, yeah. Because I was actually looking around at 2000 to 2010 movies and I was like, oh, I was like, this is such a great – this – I was like most of the movies I've talked about previously um, are all from the 2000 to 2010 period. Like I, I struggled to make my list mm. because there's either too many movies or I've already talked about my favourite ones. And I feel like this decade is like the most, I, mean, I think I say this every time, but like the most vast um, catalog mm. um, of different movies available, like that hit box office. 100%. Like, like I, there's, they weren't, they were making, like they make a lot of movies now, but they make a lot of big movies now. Like in the 2000s, 2000 to 2010, they were making independent films, like $30 million comics, like, like, you know, like, I was saying to Tina last week when we recorded, I'm like, think about how many Jennifer Lopez rom-coms came out in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? They don't do that anymore. No, they, they don't have rom-coms. They don't have <laughs> like, weird, dumb comedies, mm. which, do, like, define the 2000 to 2010 periods. We um, um we, we agreed. Yeah. We, both, we, th- we both think that it maybe it's the best decade of movies in general. Yeah, it like is. just yeah. it's just it's so comprehensive. And again, like we're biased because we were teenagers during those years, so that's when we were going to the movies the most. But it's a really strong I think decade. Pal- yeah. Yeah, I just I think there's like lack of palette at the moment because like I think superhero movies are coming out, they just try to do everything. They try to be an action movie, sci-fi, comedy, you know, and you're like fantasy and then you just kind of like well they've just kind of ticked all the boxes and then they can guarantee an audience so that that's like they're unrivaled you know up until this point mm. but like um, think about I, if you if you think about it like the 2000s opens with lord of the rings and harry potter and x-men and spider-man and american pie and 
Blade and the Matrix. Blade's 98, but the Matrix is 99, 2000. And then the decade closes with the Dark Knight and Iron Man. Yeah. Like, it's, and, like, and then that's not including all the stuff that happened in the middle. Like, it's just a... Like in the middle of that, you get like the, like the return of Quentin Tarantino because he'd been quiet since '97, but he comes back and gives you some of his best work. You get Kill Bill, and you're getting Glorious Bastards. Um, yeah, like it's yeah, a yeah. huge, it's a huge decade. Um, yeah, no, they were great movies. Those like V for Vendetta. Um, yeah, Seth Rogen, J- James Franco team ups. You know. Yeah, Watchmen comes out. Yeah. Um, you get all the horror remakes. Like the 2000s was the decade of horror remakes. You get. Freddy vs. Jason, you get Friday the 13th, you get Nightmare on Elm Street, you get House of Wax, you get Dawn of the Dead, you get Hills Have Eyes. Like, it's such a huge, like, they crammed so much movie into that decade. It's insane. Yeah. And then they're doing weird stuff as well. Like, you get things like Napoleon Dynamite in the middle of the 2000s. Like, I I really like this period because it was just full of dumb comedies. Mm. Like, just a lot of cool dumb comedies, you know, like Step Brothers and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, like also and, the best, yeah, also the best era for SNL as well. Yeah, absolutely. You get that's the Will Ferrell era. Um, yeah, that was a really good Andy decade. Sambo, as well. Bill Hader. Um, yeah. All yeah. Them, oh, all Hot Rod them. comes out in the two thousands, um, which is a genius yeah. movie. Um, yeah. It's it's a solid decade, and like we were at the heart of it. I was talking about this last week. I didn't really go to the movies much when I was in school, but after I graduated, I went to the movies a lot. Like we would go to the movies. We worked in a video store together for a couple of years. So we were like renting and like doing like going to each other's house and watching tons of movies. Like it was, ah, oh, it was a good decade. Like it was a great decade. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was a fun time. Movies were good too. Mm. Uh, before we jump into your list and stuff like that, and a bit more about the two thousands, I do want to talk about a couple of things. Um, the first thing is you broke some incredible news this morning on Instagram. Are we, are we allowed to talk about this? You've made it public. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not so, out of question, yeah. Yeah, because last – yeah, yes, we can talk about it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's all right. Because, yeah, last time you were on, I think we were talking about junk lands and how, like, you'd, we were trying, we started, like, we were starting to talk about that because things were moving. We couldn't say too much, but things were going there. But this morning you posted on Instagram that you have been involved in the design, at least at the artwork, and you can clarify for me, for – the new version of Risk, which is sponsored by Dune, like the new Denis Villeneuve film. Yeah, so I'll just, like, pad out the detail there. Yeah, do it, because I butchered that, but definitely, like... (laughs) No, because it's, like, it's very general, and it makes it sound bigger than what it is. Um, So it's, like... It is big. That's huge. I mean, it's big, like, it's big, like, in a little bubble. Um, So it's, like, pretty much it's, like, uh, Risk have, like, an online game, and I basically got to work on the Dune expansion um, for Risk, which comes out alongside the movie next week. That's um, awesome. And I got to do, yeah, some of the concept art and design that kind of brought Dune into the Risk world. And the um, image you put up had some box art. Were you responsible for that artwork as well? Yes, yes. That's so cool. Like, that's huge. And will there be a physical box or is it all digital? I'm not sure. I think it'll be digital. I think that's the way they kind of It'd be cool if that uh you know, a real box, but I think it's like a promotional thing. So there'd, there'd be too many, you know, deals <laughs> to be made um, mm. if they did a real box. Yeah. I mean, could, you, could you imagine going into like, and you wouldn't see it at like Kmart, but like going to like a board game store and seeing your artwork on a box in a shop, like that's awesome. Mm. Even yeah. seeing it digitally, seeing it on a website, hey, you can buy this, that's my friend's art. Like, that's so cool. 
Yeah, yeah, no, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, like the um, other board game I've worked on, that's in shops at some places, that 18 holes um, board game. So, I remember, yeah, you posted something about that not too long ago in the last few months. Um, there was a, about a physical copy, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh has a whole secret life of stuff that he's signed so many NDAs. There's so many things he can't talk about. And like when I say that, I don't know what they are either because he signed NDAs. But like every now and then he'll give you dribs and drabs. I'm like, oh my God, like your life, you're like a secret agent. Like there's just stuff like going on all the time. Um, I'm always very, very impressed. And I'm always like bragging about you to people. I'm like, my friend Josh is doing this. But that's huge. Like I know you said like it's within a bubble, but that's okay. Like... It doesn't matter the size of the bubble. It's what does what's the impact of it in within that bubble, and that's really cool. Like it's as a movie, yeah. as a movie fan and a friend of you, I'm like, well, that's just like peanut butter and chocolate. Like that's perfect. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, I think it's just good timing because like I'm like in a really boring period on my project, mm. <laughs> so it's just like it's been it's like good to just like you know get it like a you know, a burst of energy from, like, new stuff because, like, I, I can't I can't handle repetition. Like, I just go insane yeah. the second I do things over and over again. I mean, like most people, it's just, like, but I, I'm, like, I'll just, like, leave the house if I have to do repetition yeah. know, for a while. Like, I just, I can't do it. Well, you were telling me some of the stuff, like, some things that are planned in the coming months, like places you'll go, people you've met, stuff like that. I will keep it very vague because I don't want to get you in trouble because yeah. uh, I want the ride to keep going. But some of the stuff you've been doing, you're going to start doing is so cool. Like, And just like I even asked you before we started recording, I'm like, Could you, did you ever imagine you'd be doing this? And like you were very uh, you were very real about it, which I liked. We were like, well, look, I, I don't know if I thought it was going to happen, but I really hoped it would. And I was like, what an honest answer. Like most people, like when you say like people are successful being interviewed about it, they're like, ah, oh, you know, I never knew that. I'm like, you must have had some thought like you had must have some feeling that was you know like you generally have a pretty good feeling for this as, as people so um mm. no, it's so cool the stuff that, that like that that alone if you if that's all you ever did i'd be like wow what an impressive guy but like knowing how much more there is to come that's so cool to me yeah no, i think it's it's like i feel like after like years ago i just like we had like a real like like slew of bad years so i feel like i'm like on like going towards the top of the mountain so i've been like, nice like, I think that that's where I'm at. And at the moment, I'm top of the mountain, like, oh, going close to it. Mm. I feel like I'm more on the way up than, you know, at the bottom, which is, which I mean, like, you always, there's always a bigger mountain to climb. So it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer says he's going to climb the mountain. Yeah. Not that one, just to the left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps me, yeah, it keeps me busy. But the size of the mountain isn't important. Like, it's because, you know, like, if you're if you're like achieving to be to have the success of like EA for example and I know EA aren't very popular in the gaming world anymore but like that's a big brand name like that's a that like that mountain is impossible like that's mount doom but yeah. just because you're not climbing that mountain doesn't mean your mountain's not impressive like because yeah. again like we've talked about this time and time again on the show and privately as well like you're a one man army like I know you do you you won't take full responsibility like you do get people to help out with things like music and stuff like that but like most of what you do is a solo effort like you don't have a building or an office with a team of people in there like kind of cranking the numbers working nine to five like you're the blood sweat and tears of of your company you're the one doing all the hard work you're the one creating everything designing everything testing everything like yeah and it's one person doing it and like it's working 
Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, meanwhile, like, you see, like, major releases come out and then day one, like, oh, we have to release a patch. Like, you know, and they had millions of people look at it, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see when I'm on the other side and then we'll uh, make a comment. But, like, it's, like, I think... <laughs> you're, very, you're very humble. You're like, oh, yeah. well, maybe we'll see. So, well, the way I look at it is, like, you got to get experience. And I think I read something somewhere, like, you're going to fail more than you succeed. And that's why succeeding is special, because you, the, the chances of you actually succeeding in everything is ridiculously impossible. So... Like you just keep going until you fail less. I don't know. <laughs> my uh, my favorite quote about failure, um, it's a Kevin Smith quote, of course, uh, is that is that failure failure is just success training. Yeah, I'm like that's yeah. a really good way to look at it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's, a learning period until mm, you learn it. Really. No, that's very very cool. Um, mm. I saw that this morning, and I was saying to you before, I was like, you didn't even like. You told me, like, I've known about this for months. I was like, I never knew. And, like, we've spoken, like, and you, like, kept it so close to the chest. And it wasn't like I was like, how dare you not tell me? I was like, I can't believe you kept that secret. Like, I'm pretty good at keeping things quiet, but th that one might have been tough. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that's... Yeah. I've been sitting yeah. on a few things, and I was like, I just have to act like nothing's happening. <laughs> it's like I'm just doing nothing. Mm. Um, because it's, yeah, it's just, like, it feels... It feels like, yeah, because we finally got settled, settled into the new place, and I was like, oh... If, it's fine to talk about, but it's not really interesting. Like I was like, like the other day we tried to put up the gazebo, but it's obviously too windy in our place. So we took it down the next day. Like, oh man, I can relate to that so much though. Like it might not be you know, working on the Dune Risk game, but I can relate to that. Um, I did a whole episode of the show by myself talking about how I turned my garage into a cinema. Like I'm sure that was a snooze fest for people, but it's like. <laughs> That's the content I have for you this week. And it's better to have something than nothing. And yeah. I'll talk about it very – and my only justification was like, well, if I tell you how much I spent and how I did it, then maybe someone will be like, hey, I can do that. Um, but otherwise, it, I might as well have been putting up a gazebo in windy weather as well, so don't stress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I need to talk to you about is um, on your very first episode – of the podcast, I, I made fun of you for a movie. Like, not on purpose. I was just so surprised by a movie you mentioned. Um, I've talked about this a lot on the show now, and that was you mentioned one of your favorites being Artificial Intelligence. As of last week, I have bought Artificial Intelligence, so it's going to come in the mail in the next week or so. I'm going to re-watch it, and I'll give you my honest review. So I'm going to give it another chance. It's fucking good. And yeah, I no, I believe you. It's yeah. made by Stanley Kubrick, so, like... Well, I mean, I was... he, started it. he started it, but I think mm. he died um, halfway through it. But like fucking Jude Law is a sex bot, and yeah, it's just like no, I'm I'm hundred percent. It's awesome. It's like it's like uh, it's just cool reversal of like a robot story. I was talking, yeah. yeah, I think that's the problem I have because I was talking to Maddie about it because Maddie was on the show during the Apocalypse series, and she one of her movies was Bicentennial Man. Yeah. Um, and I reacted very similarly. I was like, "What's talking about?" And then yeah. she told she talked me through it, and I was like, "You know what? I think the reason why I made that response is because that movie really messed with me. Because as a kid, I couldn't comprehend the idea of the being the only one alive for a thousand years, and that's really scary to me. And as I started talking through it, I was like, "Oh my god!" And that's why I reacted that way to artificial intelligence. It's not a bad movie." 
I don't dislike it. I'm scared of the ideas there and I couldn't handle it. So yeah. once I had that realization, I was like, all right, now I'm equipped to watch AI again. So I finally ordered it last week. Um, so as soon as it comes through, I'll, you'll see it online. I'll post about yeah. it and then I'll give it a watch. So yeah, if I mean, that, the ending of AI makes me cry every single it's time. It's really depressing. It's, really... Like, it's like, <laughs> I wish people would make more endings like this because it's a really like happy, sad ending where it's like he technically gets to the ending through formalities. Yeah. And I think it's really good. It's like one of my favorite endings of all time. And I just really love the the kind of like just the dark world that this like character has to go through. Like mm. it's just yeah. yeah. I, I just think it's an awesome movie. I don't care what anyone says. Like it's just yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's been like ever since ever since that episode, it's been on a pre-order list for me, but then the site that I used to import from stopped living to Australia. And only in the last couple of months I found one that does ship to Australia from the UK. I was like, I'll give it a test. And I ordered some some steel books, but I pre-ordered them. So I had to wait ages for them to come because they hadn't been released. Um, and the first one I pre-ordered was Loki. And it came out, came over, came over in, in one piece, but it was a little bit dinged up. I was like, uh, I'll wait for one division to come in. And if that comes through, okay, it'll be right. And it arrived today. It only shipped last week. It took seven days to get from the UK to Australia. As in pristine condition, I was like, right, I'm ordering more stuff. So they're my new go-to now. And AI was the first one I hit uh, order on. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was good. like, I have to tell you, like, the and the, the next on the list, they didn't have it in stock, but the next one would be Waterworld because that's something you've been telling me about for yes. ages as well. Okay. So Yeah, cult classic. Like, that movie is good. I mean, there's some plot problems, yeah. But, like, I, I'm surprised no one has bothered to remake that movie. Like, honestly... Like maybe they, they just they, need to touch it, but they I, would I do just, it all like all CG now and stuff like that. Yeah. You need to do you know you need to get George Miller, the guy who does Mad Max. Like he needs to make yeah. Waterworld. Yeah. I fucking love Waterworld. Waterworld is good. Everyone, I've, he, I've never seen it, but um, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like the plot is not great, but like the concept is good, and that's what I hold up. <laughs> yeah, but that's that doesn't bother me. Like I don't like I've come a long way. Like since my my pretentious way, my pretentious approach yeah. to movies. Like, you don't need to give me a perfect film. Like, perfect example, and you will roll your eyes at this. I went and saw Madam Web, like, opening weekend. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's no way it's as bad as people say. It was like Morbius. Like, I watched Morbius last year. I'm like, there's just no way. It's physically impossibly as bad as people are making it out to be. Like, people are overreacting. And I watched Morbius, and my biggest complaint about Morbius is that it wasn't as bad as people were saying it was. Like, it was aggressively fine. I was like, oh, I wish this was worse. If this was worse, then I would have a lot more fun with it. But it's just kind of like middle of the road, fine. Yeah. Um, Madam Web, like, is like it's a weird movie. There's some weird choices in there. But the biggest flaw with that movie is it's marketed completely wrong. Their marketing is a Spider-Man movie or like a Spider-Verse film. Yeah. It's not that. Like, there are Spider-Verse characters in it, but it's not a Spider-Verse film. Like, it's like a... It's kind of like Final Destination. It's like a premonition thriller where, like, she kind of sees minutes into the future people dying and then has to use that ability to stop people from getting killed and stuff like that like that's a cool concept yeah 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 it's I just think, you know I, the, I, like, I mean look the villain is not good like i, I feel like he was dubbed the entire time because he's always using the same like monitor things like we will get them i need to get them now like that's the way he talks the entire way through i'm like did you guys dub this or did you just tell the guy hey just play it flat like i'm not sure what's going on there but aside from that like the, like the girls are all good in it. Like it's it's it, like if they came out in two thousand and four, 
people would be losing their minds over. They'd be like, Madam Web is the best film in 2004. But because it's 2024 and we've been spoiled, it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's suffered a bit. Yeah. Um, but I also know I'm like the only one. I'm sure everyone else is like, James, you're an idiot. It sucks. And if that's the way they feel, that's fine. I think, I think the rule is if it's fun, then it kind of doesn't matter about story. Because it's like you see most of the Adam Sandler movies or like most comedies, like they get poor ratings, mm. right? But the audience still loves them and they still get made for a reason. So it's like, it doesn't have to be critically acclaimed. It can still be a fun movie. Like comedies are notorious for bad ratings. I'm always surprised when I look at like movies that I loved when I was younger and seeing how low they're rated. And like the, like the average rating for movies that I love is between like five and six out of 10 on IMDb. Like I'm not even kidding. Like there's the brilliant stuff, like anything with Christopher Nolan, obviously is going to be higher results anything with like an acclaimed director, but otherwise like most of the stuff that I dig, it's always between like five and six out of 10. Um, and that's why like the philosophy of this show is so important to me. Cause it's like, don't, like don't listen to ratings and reviews. Like don't even listen to my reviews. I always say, like often say that in my own reviews, I'm like don't listen to my reviews. Like that's what I thought. Spend your own money and decide for yourself because like, why would you let someone tell you what you like? That's such a weird business model that we've just, embrace for the last 60 70 years like we'll pay people for them to tell us what we like it's like why and also you watch movies at different times for different reasons like yeah like you're like oh i'm in a fun mood so i'll I'll watch this movie or like i feel like watching batman again you know the trilogy you know because i don't get my dark batman fix you know or like I really like Tim Burton's, you know, Beetlejuice, so I'll watch that, which, you know, because, like, Tim, uh, Beetlejuice is in the movie for a total of, like, eight minutes or something. But, like, I watched it for the first time last year, I think, and I really liked it, but my least favourite moments of Beetlejuice was when Beetlejuice was in the movie. I was like, I was like, get him off screen. That and, like, the um, the banana song, like, the... Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. That, like, apparently, like, Tim Burton hated that, but it tested really well with audiences. And I was like, yeah, with dumb audiences. Like, that, that's so... Well, I heard, you know, Wayne's World, I heard that with the, the Queen bit where they were rocking in the thing. It wasn't even going to be in the movie, and What's-His-Face um, hated it. But uh, someone, someone, some other creative decided to put it in, and, like, that's the most iconic thing from the Wayne's World movie. mm yeah, it's a, it it is funny. It's like or like the in between this movie, like everyone's least everyone who worked on that movie, their least favorite scene is the dance sequence because uh-huh. they had really nothing to do with it, but it is the funniest joke. <laughs> like it is really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just rewatched those this year as well, both of those movies. They're so good, uh-huh. man. Like they really yeah, hold sure. up. Um nice one. So two thousands, we talked about a little bit, but is there like any particular memory of the 2000s or anything about the 2000s that really kind of resonates with you? We're like, yeah, this is my decade or did yeah. we kind of, yeah. Like what are your kind of thoughts um, and feelings on? Well, like just this, well, the super bad movie. So as I said before, like Seth Rogen, mm. um, James Franco, Jeremy Hill, um, Jim Carrey as well, all the Jim Carrey movies. That was um, big for me, Inglorious Bastards, Memento, mm. like all the movies I've I've talked about before. Um, yeah. Interesting. Do you think so? Did you did you repeat stuff on your list, or did you find a way to no, do it? So, so the way I think about the two thousands, there's mm. certain movies that I think define the two thousands, like the rom coms, you know, the the kind of like lo, like the lowbrow comedies, or like like Will Ferrell, you know, all that. But my list. 
I felt like you'd already have people who have done that, so I decided to just do my favourite movies, regardless if they felt more 2000-y or not. I think the only Will Ferrell film we've had so far is Step Brothers. That did come up. But otherwise, it's been like... Yeah, it's been it's been very eclectic. Like, I don't think anyone said the same movie. We only had four people do it, like including myself. Yeah. But there's been no double up at all. Yeah, like everyone's brought yeah. different stuff to it. Yeah, so. uh, Pirates was on my list, but I saw it come up last week. So. It was on my list. Yeah, I said yeah. to Tina, she's like, "Really?" I'm like, "I was like, that first movie is bad. That like, first movie is fucking good." Yeah, I rewatched two and three, and they're not as bad it's, as no. I. Two and three are awesome. I don't care what people say. Like, that story with Davy Jones is fucking good. And the CGI is, like, top tier, better than fucking stuff now. I'm swearing yeah. a lot tonight, but... Yeah, that's okay. That's, yeah, that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, I rewatched them because I hadn't seen them since cinemas. And I remember when I first saw part two, I was like, ah, it's not bad. Uh, and three, I really didn't like. I saw with, I saw that with Tina and some uni friends. But when I rewatched them this year, I was like, you know what? Like, And that's what I'm doing now. Like, I'm going through a lot of movies that... I saw when I was younger, I'd written off, and I'm giving them a second chance, yeah. and I'm really finding things to enjoy in it. And look, nothing's going to top the first Pirates film. Like, it's just, uh, it was so unexpected. We never, we hadn't seen anything like that. I was saying to Tina, it was kind of like our version of Indiana Jones. Like, it was just like, with this yeah. cool adventure, I, like, there's no yeah. characters like Jack Sparrow. Like, it's so unique. Yeah. Um, also, but two and yeah. three are good. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Also, if, yeah, if you want to see a worse. Pirates movie than two and three. It's number four with Blackbeard. Like, I've I, seen, still, I, I saw that in the. I've seen all. Actually, I've seen every yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, the newest one's better. Mm. Like, but they they put Jack a little bit too front and center. I feel. Um, and that's the thing. He's not a main. He's not the main character. Um, like yeah, he's. Yeah. And I think that's the problem I had with two and three. The first time I watched them, it was, it was a lot of Jack because he was so popular from the first one. Yeah. yeah. But it's like no, 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 like. There's a reason why Hannibal Lecter and Beetlejuice. I mean, obviously, I didn't like Beetlejuice, but like, <laughs> but there's a reason why those characters work is just do just pepper them through, just do little, you know, yeah. let them have their moments. And like, you know, obviously, in the first movie, he's in it for most of the film, but he's just he's like he's almost like in his own movie. He's like a side character doing his own quest, like parallel to everyone else's story. Yeah, um, I think he he's well <laughs> he's, he's best written when he can propel the story forward without. Mm you know, the main characters having to do so. Like, mm. is the character there kind of, like, making it interesting or having the knowledge or, you know, doing something crazy that is, like, the catalyst for, like, the and then this happens and then this happens kind yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, and the great, the great one of the greatest moments in that first film for me is the whole um, initial duel between Will Turner and Jack Sperry in the yeah. blacksmith. Like, and he's got, there. Yeah, like, it's so great. Yeah. It's just yeah. so perfectly done. I, and. Yeah. And I think, like, Elizabeth, I was talking about this last week, but Elizabeth Swan is such an underrated character. Oh, like, yeah. you yeah, never hear people talk about it, but, like, the stuff that she does in each of those films, like, she's smart and she's funny and, like, she will drink heavily, like, to be one of the pirates, but to, like, get take advantage of them and stuff. Like, and then she ends up being the pirate king. Like, there's so many, like, yeah, it's... Her, yeah. her, um, her story arc of the three movies is probably one of the best um, female kind of like stories from mm. going from a place where you're kind of in a man's world being told what to do, you know, forced to marry where she kind of like, you know, escapes that and defines her own life through, mm. you know, through the story. I feel like it's really well told. Like mm. that's her story and her like, yeah, like how she starts and how she ends up is really good. Mm. Um, and Jeffrey Rush is so good in it as well. Like um, yeah. it's, 
like, I, I've just watched them all, and I'm like, man, like I, I could watch them all again straight yeah. away. Like, they're, also, they made parts cool. Like there haven't been any parts yeah. like that in ages. Like that, I think the Count of Monte Cristo was like the last one. Canamore and Krista came out, I think, in 2001. It's not really a pirate movie. It's got, like, it's more, probably close to, like, Three Musketeers. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say before that, maybe Hook in the early 90s, which I still haven't seen, actually, Hook. Um, but um, that was probably, like, the... Like, obviously, and that's not really a pirate film. It's got Captain Hook in yeah. it. But, yeah, but they like, definitely made pirates cool again. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think, like, Goonies is about pirate treasure, but there's not really a lot of pirates in it. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of swashbuckling action. I, I was reading people wouldn't touch the thing. Like, it just seemed like a silly thing. Mm. Yeah, it's... Yeah, but it's... Yeah, they've executed it so well. Kind of like how, like, the cowboy genre's kind of come back in the last decade yeah. or so. They've been doing more. Yeah. Um, like, there's a reason those those genres were so popular. Like, there's so much in them. It's just about taking the time to tell a good story find some entertaining characters yeah yeah um yeah do you know what else i really love from the 2000s the prestige i feel like yes it's such I, an underrated nolan yeah, flick no one's ever like talked my perfect movie mm. i feel like yeah and wally as well like i really like wally i think Lawrence bastards mm. there's this so many it, like it's a oh, it's such a good decade it's so good i'm just looking at like all the good like all the watch to watch movies from the 2000s like we were talking about in our honorable mentions last week, I was talking about like uh, I'd barely touched on the Apatow comedies, but like forgetting Sarah Marshall, I love you, man. Yeah. Like um, all those ones, man. Uh, one movie that was on my list was Borat, which I think is like maybe one of the funniest movies ever made. Team America came out in the two thousand. Yeah, Team America that almost made my list. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I say I say to Tina, like I think the beauty of the two thousand, the two thousand is such a great decade that ask me any day of the week and i could find five equally good films to replace my list like it's just it's such a great decade yeah. um speaking of which we should jump into your list so what are what is number five on your list of 2000s movies uh, so i'm gonna start with jim carrey and it's the internal sunshine of the spotless mind uh, I was waiting for this one to come up. I knew someone had to. It's, I feel like this is like thematically 2000s to, to 2010s. Like that's the kind of movies I think about um, that kind of summarize like like that kind of period. Mm. Um, and this movie's kind of cool because it it's kind of takes like a relationship movie or, or, you know, the kind of romantic genre and kind of gets a little bit weird with it. Mm. Yeah, it's got like a real science fiction element to it. Um, yeah. that works really well. Yeah, and I liked him carrying it because it's just obviously like a different side of his acting. Um, you know, and he's done, he did a few movies in the 2000s, like The Majestic I liked, but it went for a little bit too long. That's the um, one where he's like the, the returning war hero, but or they think he is. Yeah. And, mm, yeah, that was – I really enjoyed that one as well. He, um, I think he was the first – obviously not the first comedy actor to go and do – do straight drama but i think he was the first of that era to like take the plunge yeah um and it really paid off for jim carrey like everything he did like in that genre um i think worked really well for him yeah but yeah i like this because it's kind of like you know the kind of relationship things where they're like trying to forget each other or like he finds out that she like blanked her memory so he goes and does it too but like something wrong happens and then they kind of discover each other again it's kind of like a really um 
it's like it's just interesting to watch i think it, like it's just kind of fun to see it play out and you want to know how it ends and it's yeah. like romantic memento <laughs> yeah yeah basically yeah <laughs> and who are the scientists is mark ruffalo one of the scientists yeah 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 and they're like i think one of them like start like using um jim Car- carrie's character to jim carrey's character's memories to kind of hook up with his ex um <laughs> Takes advantage of the situation, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, it's um, yeah, it, like it kind of started this wave of like indie style rom coms where, like, almost like boy rom coms. Like, there's almost like a subgenre of like yeah. boy rom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you had that. You had like Garden State, um, uh, Ruby Sparks, Little Miss Sunshine, which isn't a rom com, but I think it falls to that genre and. Luma Sunshine was on my list. I think it's, it's a wonderful movie. But yeah. like, the, um, like Five Hundred Days of Summer, like all those kind of like the boy, the boy in love movie. But I think it really starts with this one, uh, and it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. But it's it it's got some really good good funny moments, but just just a tearjerker. Like it's so like, and not just the, the sad. It's just beautifully told. And like as you said, like. I don't know where Jim Carrey came up with that. I don't know where he pulled that performance from, but like, it's insane how good he is in that. Like just seeing that vulnerability as opposed to him just being like the rubber faced maniac, like doing crazy yeah. things. You know, like, you know, which other thing he's been in that like really got me. It's that TV show he did where he's like, he's like um, a, a kids show host with like um, puppets. I forgot what it's called. It's called maybe Mr. Squiggles or something? I can't remember it. Um, I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking. Um, yeah, but like that that TV show, you have to watch it because it's pretty raw. Um, I'm just looking it up now. Yeah, the, the ending gets so heavy. Like, I couldn't do it because, like, obviously it had been going through something similar. Um, oh, is it kidding? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you so, should watch it. Yeah, it's really good. So that show you said ends quite dark. Not dark, but like it's pretty. It gets pretty heavy. I mean, it's heavy all the way through. But um, oh, okay, yep. I, I, for some reason, because I thought you were talking about something else. I thought you went like when you were younger. Um, mm-hmm. but now, now I'm, I'm, I'm on this. Yep, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. I'll. Um. I gotta give it a go. I do. I. I have. I'm so out of the loop with Jim Carrey stuff. Um, I've seen bits and pieces. Like the last Jim Carrey thing I probably watched was like Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. which I really enjoyed actually. I've got to go back and watch too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I think I've been on the record before saying like I wasn't the biggest Jim Carrey fan, but at the same time, I've never really watched a Jim Carrey film that I haven't enjoyed. I can't think of a single movie of his that I haven't liked. So yeah. Um, Have yeah. you seen the Man on the Moon documentary? Not the documentary, but I've seen Man on the Moon and that's yeah. amazing. Like yeah. the whole thing where he's like the, doing the record play thing, and it's like he's like, and now the movie is over, and the credits start rolling like three minutes into the movie. Yeah, um, but the documentary is like crazier and better than the movie. Yeah, wasn't he like really kind of like method with it, and he like would yeah. go around telling people he was like Andy Kaufman reincarnated and stuff. Um, yeah. I sent you a clip the other day. Did you see the thing of like him like being like a like a hippie and stuff? It's like there's lots of mighty fine women. In the audience, <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, like, and I think I sent you another one. There's an interview with him, and um, they're like, "Isn't it amazing to be like at the awards tonight?" 
he's like, all of this is meaningless. We're all going to die. And I was like, and he's playing it so straight. I don't know whether he's just doing these things to entertain himself. Like, I don't know if yeah. he's, is he okay? Is he having a breakdown or is he just doing it to be weird? Like, he's such an enigma of a human being. Yeah. Um, no, he's good. But uh, uh, that's a great flick. He always stood out to me. And I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of movies from this era that contain Jim Carrey. Yeah, like you could have done like your top five movies from two thousands and the nineties for that matter could have just been all Jim Carrey films. <laughs> yeah, easily. Yeah. One of my favorite Jim Carrey performers actually is um, in Kickass Two. I re- even though he went on yeah. to like yeah. he went on to like kind of um, talk poorly about the film later and like kind of deny that film. Um, he's great in it. Yeah, I would like him to come back and do a superhero yeah. movie. Yeah. Colonel Stars and Strive. Yeah, you got a dog on your balls. Like, what, like, what a great like voice, like decision and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's great in it. Um, yeah, I really like that performance. I um, and Zoe saw. What she say recently? She saw a clip of the mask somewhere, or she saw like an image of the mask, and she's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, don't worry, Dad's going to show you that one day." The <laughs> mask is insane. Like a dog puts on the mask and wheezes on the bad guys, and she's like, "Yeah," I'm like, "Yeah." Can we watch it now? No, it's too weird for you right now, kiddo, but one day. Yeah, um, yeah that's good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't explain to her. It's also the debut of Cameron Diaz in that red dress, which everyone our age was like, who is this goddess? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't really talk about it. It sounds too much. We talked a lot about Jim Carrey, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, which brings I mean- us to... Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, that, that movie's pretty simple, but mm. I think, like, it's it's good as a simple movie, but I think, like, the emotion in that movie kind of takes over the plot, and it's kind of good that you didn't need that much plot because it's filled with, like, a lot of human experiences. Um, I, I remember the first time I tried to watch it was probably when it came out, actually, because what would happen is that when I would go deliver my mom's house uh, every second weekend, we'd go and do, like, a huge video rental like every weekend every time i was over there that was pretty common with both my parents like we do a big movie night or whatever and we rented it and i was really excited to watch it and we got 15 minutes and my mom turned it off she's like this sucks and like she just couldn't get her hand around i was like oh okay and i didn't think to try and watch it by myself so it wasn't until like 2017 i think i finally watched it and i was like this movie is incredible and my mom was wrong for turning this off (laughs) like this is a great movie um and yeah I, i made me cry a lot so um nice man what's number four on your list okay so i've been waiting for you to do like a thriller um like theme Mm. uh, section but i don't know if it's gonna come or like i'm gonna have to wait years so i'm gonna i've I've been holding on to this um because i really like psychological thrillers Mm. and if they're like a little bit more mysterious and like you know almost like just tip on the end like what i'm talking about is like shutter island like you it's kind mm. of like a little bit mystical you know is there like it's a little bit fantasy like on the edge of fantasy where you don't know whether you know something something else is happening but identity is like one of my favorite what a flick yeah thrillers like psychological thrillers and it's a horror movie as well um, that's a perfect example like before we're talking about like weird yeah. movies that just kind of came out of nowhere like you wouldn't get identity today. No. It's too no. weird. And not that the film itself is weird, although the twist is crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's a lot of high, like kind of big name actors in independent film. 
Yeah. Like, because like John Cusack is the lead of this film. Yeah. I remember, like, is it was the poster art like a bloody handprint, and then all the faces were like in the fingers? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. Like you would hear radio ads. Like that's how old we are. It's like, oh, you listen to the radio, but like you'd be driving, <laughs> and then like identity, you, you don't know who's coming or something like that. It was like, <laughs> yeah. I just like the premise of it. I'm like, so for me, I like horror movies when there's like psychological thrillers and they have to be like really smart as well. So like, like I said, Shutter Island is like the the level of like what I want from like a psychological horror and like seven, like that's the kind of, you Mm. know, horror I go for. Yeah. And I would throw something like Get Out in there as well. Like I think that kind of. Yeah. 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 Same thing. Yeah. So for me, I don't see everyone like in like a, a motel on a rainy evening where there's no phone reception, you know, and someone's killing everyone. That's like really cool. But then there's like, you know, some kind of like twist that's going on. Um, and it kind of plays out very normal until it's dusk and halfway through and then it's, it gets weirder. Um, and like that's one of my favorite endings of all time as well, where you can't ever talk about the ending. Because you, yeah. you just ruined the entire movie, so I don't want to talk about the ending. I'm glad you've seen it. Yeah, um, it, it came out while I think it came out like while I was working the video store. Like, because back then, like, it would take almost a year for movies to come out. So it was a 2003 film, but like I was working the movie video store in 2004, and it came out. Um, and it was a huge. Like, it wasn't like a big. I don't think it was a big success in theaters, but it was a big renter. Like people would rent that movie like all the time because yeah. They ordered like 60 copies or whatever. Cause like that's what you could do that back then. In 2004, you could get 60 copies of a DVD and they'd all like get rented. Like it was crazy. <laughs> um, like listen to the cast like John Cusack, Ray Liotta, like Amanda yeah. Pete, Alfred Molina, Claire Duvall, John C. McGinley, Dr. Cox from Scrubs, um, yeah. Jake Busey. And Jake Busey was like, I'll say this much without spoiling it. Like he was cast because he was very obviously going to be the villain. Like the whole time, you're like, well, it's, it's obviously him. Um, and then they do what they do. Oh, it was directed by James Mangold, who did Logan. Oh, shit. Um, oh, I didn't, didn't know it was James Mangold. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. He, um, that's cool. Uh, I haven't seen it since it came out. It's been about 20 years since I've watched Identity. Yeah. But I still remember that ending. I remember it blowing my goddamn mind. I was yeah. like, "What do you?" Yeah. I was like, "What do you mean? That's what? What do you mean? That's the ending? What do you mean? Like you know the Jennifer Lawrence thing? Like, that's what yeah. I was like. What do you mean?" Yeah. And the best thing about this movie is they don't like. <clears throat> they don't. You never see it coming, and I hate yeah. when like, you know, they don't surprise you. You like, you like, you like, because like Beck is really Beckham tell me the plot Bex just like she can tell me the plot of a movie within 10 minutes of seeing a movie she's like this is gonna happen and because these people have talked to brought up this this is what's gonna happen and it, it was like she can ruin movies for me like easily and I was like to just have a movie where you don't know what's gonna happen is like really good yeah yeah I did that with phone booth I remember we were watching phone booth my mom yeah. and I I'm like oh yeah. this is gonna happen because everyone's losing their mind like another one like phone booth is one of those films it's like People lost their mind when it came out on DVD in the movie in the video store, and I was watching it because it was like it's amazing. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh well, this will probably happen. I think this will probably happen. And my mom's like, have you seen this? I'm like, no, I just think this is gonna happen. It was the first time I predicted like every beat in a film, and I was like, I ruined it for myself. I didn't mean to. I was just like, oh no, like I ruined it for myself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, as entities like. 
yeah, 2000 for me. I just remember seeing it and I was like, damn, that, like this is a good movie. Like That's such a great example of what that decade had to offer. Like that's a perfect example of a 2000s film. Like it's low budget and probably not low budget. Like I didn't look it up, but it probably was like, it probably wasn't like five minutes, probably like 30, $40 million to make, but like big names in it shot in a very grimy way. Yeah. Um, has like a very 2000s tone and the tone of a 2000s film is very hard to describe. Like eighties, you get straight away. You can look at a frame from an eighties film and get the vibe of it. Nineties, it's got a very like kind of brown palette, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, like hang on, hang on. Horror movies and sci-fi, black, dull, mm. glasses, leather, leather jackets, jeans. Yeah. Comedies, white, white background covers. Um, comedies, white background covers. Romantic movies, white background covers. Yeah. Light, light pastel colors. <laughs> mm. Here you go. I didn't see the budget was $28 million. So that's right in the ballpark. I said about $30 million. I said, like, you get yeah. those small $30 million. So there you go, $28 million. It made $90 million. It made three times its budget back. Well, that's, like, that's a positive for them, yeah. Like, how did they not – like, if that was made five years later, if that was made in 2008, they'd be franchising it. They'd be like, we need – where's Identity 2? We need Identity 2. We need Identity 3. Like, that's what they'd be doing. They'd be like, where's our Identity Universe? Yeah. Um, like they'd be doing treating it like how they treated paranormal activity, but instead, it was a. So I was wrong. I thought it wasn't very successful, but it was hugely successful. Three times its budget. Like yeah. that's the dream. Like that's, for, that's, that's the the mark that everyone kind of sets. You know, you have to hit three times the budget, really. Like when um, Avengers Endgame or even Infinity War, like when those movies made two billion dollars each, people were like, "Yes, that's amazing." But it cost a billion dollars to make those two movies. So they had to like get a billion dollars in revenue just to get their budget back before they could even start making money. Like this movie tripled its budget. And I guarantee you, you pull 10 people aside on the street at random, they won't know what identity is. But uh, it was such a big movie at the time. Yeah. Um, oh man, you're dredging up memories of stuff that I really want to watch. I, I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned identity. I, I went through a list of like just to watch like. 2000s movies and I have a whole list now that's why I watched Burn After Reading because I was like I'd never find time to watch this now but I was like I want to go back and watch 2000 movies now mm. I feel like they, there's something about them that are more like I don't know what like dense to like the stuff now man like I kind of some of the stuff I can't stomach I was like this is just shallow like it's not it's I not- think a big part of it is is the technology the technology has gotten really good but at the same time this is such a focus on the tech, like the technological vis- visuals, the, the art of storytelling. I don't think it's been lost because like last year had brilliant movies in it. It was a great year for movies, but at the same time, like the my favorite movie from last year was Poor Things. I don't know if you've seen Poor Things, the Emma Stone movie. Oh no. Um, so the concept of it, Poor Things is no longer in theaters. So I'll spoil, I'll spoil the concept of it for you, but it doesn't really ruin the movie. Is um, Willem Dafoe plays like a Dr. Frankenstein. It's a very much a Frankenstein movie. Like yeah. he plays a Dr. Frankenstein type character and we meet this young man who's kind of learning to be a surgeon at, at Willem Dafoe's um, surgery, or like at uh, practice, sorry. And Willem Dafoe invites him back to his house and Emma Stone's there and he's like, this is, I can't remember the character's name now, but it's like, she's, kind, she's kind of my daughter. And at first you think she's mentally handicapped because she's running around, she's like peeing on the floor, she's riding tricycles and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, it's this weird story of like a mentally handicapped girl. Because I, I didn't watch the trailer, I just went in blind. 
Yeah. And then what you find out about a third of the way into the film is that one night Willem Dafoe was walking down through the town and found the body of a mother who committed suicide. So a woman jumped off a bridge, Emma Stone jumped off a bridge, and when he rolled her over, she was pregnant. She was dead, but the baby wasn't. So he he transplants the baby's brain into a grown woman's head, and that's why she's weird. And that's the premise of the film. Oh, God. But it's like... It's not CGI heavy. Everything's done on sets. Like the backgrounds are painted. Like it's just all about like these weird characters and like their weird decisions. And it's so refreshing. Yeah. Um, like that was my favorite movie. So like there is cool weird stuff being made. Yeah. But again, like because I think especially because of the pandemic, they're like we need like seven more Spider-Man movies. Like let's get people back in the movie theaters. Yeah. But like the like it's a sad loss is that the era of the thirty million dollar like weird movie seems to be done like it was such a great period like and again like only in the 2000s like you got a little bit in the 90s but in the 2000s they were mass producing them like remember like runaway jury like that's another like john cusack film like <laughs> i just remember from the trailers again on the radio you're losing me my jury <laughs> like that was the catchphrase <laughs> Or like Queen of the Damned, or yeah, like yeah. it was. So, and I don't want. Like, I'm I'm worried that I'm going to start saying movies that might be on your list, but it's just like it was such a wonderful. And like if if people weren't on our age, if they weren't going to the video store, because that's where you had to go. You couldn't see all this stuff in movies. You had to go to the video store, and you'd find these weird things, kind of kind of low budget, middle of the range budget films, and they were just wonderful. Like remember Darkness Falls and the Tooth Fairy? Yeah, like. Yeah. And it had like the girl from Buffy in it, but like she wasn't the main, she wasn't Buffy and she was like the main girl from Buffy. She was like the other girl from Buffy and like she, like Xander's wife or girlfriend. Yeah, and yeah. like, the, the, yeah, like I remember like, ah, oh, like I'm feeling very nostalgic talking about the 2000s. Mm. Like it's such a great decade. Uh, anyway, sorry, I got distracted there. And Anchorman as well. Anchorman, just, yeah. Like just, that's what I'm saying. Like comedies like that where it's just, like, the stupidest shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Bruce Almighty? Like, going yeah. back to going back to Jim Carrey again, like, that was the introduction to Steve Carell for most people. Yeah. Uh, the whole, like, <laughs> like, the, like, the weird... Back like, in was... Bruce Almighty, Jim Carrey walks down the street and blows wind so it reveals, like, a woman's underpants, and people are like, oh, comedy gold! Whereas now you're like, oh, did you have to do that? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the Bond series. Yeah. Which one? Bond, the Bond series as well. Yeah, I've actually only ever seen the first Bond movie, but I really liked it. First, yeah. First Bond movie is good. Yeah, and then they re- like they. I thought you said Bond, and I'm like, that's right. They redid the Bond franchise in the 2000s. Yeah. 2006, yeah. you get the first Daniel Craig Bond, which is amazing. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh man, like I, if I. I don't know. I'm, I was going to say, I, I reckon most of my movies on my shelf are from the 2000s, but I don't know if that's entirely true. Um, it's a pretty eclectic mix, but I love that. I love that decade so much. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy we waited this long to do this decade. Like, we're, when are our favorite movies out? 2000s? Ah, we'll do that later. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. Like I said, it was really, like, there's a lot of movies, but, like, I looked and most of the movies that um, were from this era were already done. Yeah, um, Panic Room is another one. Like, yeah, yeah. the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I've only seen that once. So, um, someone I talked think, about it on the podcast. Yeah. I can't remember who it was who talked about it. I think someone did. Um, yeah, 
It's a weird one, for sure. It is. Curious, even. Um, What is number three on your list, Josh? It is Hot Rod. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, so I bought this. I bought this recently because I just needed to watch it again. It's it's a really good movie. I think it falls short of something like a perfect like silly comedy from that era, but it, it's pretty good. Like it's just a movie about nothing. It um, um it's so funny. It's so I remember because you, you messaged me like, "Hey, um, is there a way for me to get Hot Rod because it wasn't available in Australia?" And I remember sending you this really long message, like really long, like, here's what I do, here's where I go. And the last one was like, you know, or you could go to Amazon. And you were like, oh, yeah, Amazon. And I was like, why did I bother sending all that? Other- I should have just started with Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I remember, I don't know if you were there with us. I was with Tina and my brother, because Tina and I didn't live together yet. I was still living at home. And one day we went to JB Hi-Fi after work or like on a weekend or whatever. And we just got into the Lonely Island. So obviously yeah. Andy Sandberg's like rap group. And we were walking around JB Hi-Fi and then just like in like a little display, like a little box or whatever, just like random movies. At the corner of my eye, I saw it. I'm like, is that the Lonely Island guy? And we're all like, that's the Lonely Island. And it's like six bucks. And we're like, let's just buy it. Like how bad could it be? And we were in tears the entire time. Like that whole Cool Bean sequence yeah, yeah. is so funny. Like you've never seen anything like that in a movie before. No. Like, and watching it now, you're like, oh, they got that's a that's an SNL type thing. Like that's yeah. where they would have got that idea. Um, that's like Ian McShane, you know, Blackbeard from Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean Four. Like it's just this aggressively like horrible father, like who yeah. only wants to fight his son, and like the whole idea is they're going to get to get him like raise money to heal him just so he can fight him is crazy. And and the bit where he's like. Hi, my name is Rod, and I like to party. Yeah. His brother does the same. Uh, my name is Dave. I like to party. No, you do not party. I'm the only one who parties. I'm yeah. Kevin. I par- Hi, I'm Rod. No, you're Kevin. That's right. I party. No, you do not party. <laughs> yeah, that's just, yeah, so good. And Bill Hader and uh, Danny McBride as well. When he's, like, pushing him into the van. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, um, like, every... Every scene has a great moment. Now I'm not legit. I was too legit to quit. Um, uh, Will Arnett is like the like jerk boyfriend. Babe, babe, no babe. Babe. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, their buddy. I can't remember the buddy's name, but he's the Asian guy, and he's just like humping the air all the time. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like throwing the flyers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> They, they meet him at the pool and he's just like, wants to be part of the group, but he's just like dancing in the background for way too long. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I, I, I think I've been, I think I've watched that once a year for the last few years. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, it, it's again, like it just embraces its silliness. Like it's just deliberately silly. Like it's not trying to be clever. Like, and like, that's one thing, like, the, you you see a lot of people try to do smart comedy, and I like smart comedy. I like highbrow comedy, but like, this is something about like we're just gonna say and do dumb things and see what happens. And like, Hot Rod is a perfect example of that. Just like knowing exactly what it is and just trying to make you laugh at doing dumb things. It's just like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah, so good. And Chris Parnell as the rec- as the record yeah. like yeah. the guy. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember I mean, his dialogue now, but he's funny. Sorry. I mean, like Danny McBride in it as well. I mean, he plays the same character in every movie, but... 
but it works. Like every time he shows up, like the best Danny McBride performance is obviously in this is the end where he plays himself. <laughs> uh, like that's probably the best version of him. But he's great in um yeah. in everything. He, like yeah. I don't mind that he does the same thing. Like he does it well and always makes me laugh. So yeah. no, did you ever see Popstar? The yeah. okay, yeah. cool. Did I you like that funny. one? I think it's funny, but it's not as funny as like other Andy Sandberg stuff. I am. Um, I feel like it's the first time I watched it. it I felt like it just. It, like, it was really good, but it missed the mark. Yeah. And then every time I've watched it since, like I'm like, no, it gets better with each viewing. Like it's. I, I really like it. Um, and Jay from the Inbetweeners is in. He's one of the like groupy guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where like they make like he makes like the dog turd pancakes. <laughs> and, like oh yeah no it's really good. Like what are you talking about? This just tastes awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Hot Rod's a good call. I'm so glad. I, and I reckon you'll be the only person to mention Hot Rod. Uh, I don't expect any of the other people to come on and talk about it. It's such a – or identity for that matter. Like your mainstream one was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I wouldn't even say is that mainstream. But these two, like these are all fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah all right, man, number two. Oh, okay. Tropic Thunder. Now, this- yes, I was wondering yeah. if it would come up. I was I wasn't gonna put it in, but I was like, no, like this is this is this movie's too good, like, like just to leave out because I was like I could put other movies in there, but I was like, no, two thousands and two thousand tens for me were like comedy movies, so I was like it has to go in, and I was like this movie is like the funniest action movie of all time, the funniest like comedy action movie of all time. I just watched it recently, like in the last few months. It was one of the last things I watched last year, and. I couldn't believe how well it hold up, held up. I remember I went and saw it in theaters, and I, we, you and I were talking, and because we love Ben Stiller, that we really love Ben Stiller, but he had just like a, a slew of films we hadn't really dug. Like I think he kind of gone, like Meet the Parents was good, but then I think he made like Meet the Fockers, and he'd done a couple of like more mainstream kind of family comedies, and we weren't really digging it. And then I went and saw the Tropic Thunder, and I was like, hey. I know you you weren't have been happy with Ben Stiller. I think you'll really love Tropic Thunder. Like it's worked out really well. Yeah. Um, and we watched. I remember we watched it together a few times. But um, yeah, no, it's so funny. I like how Jack Black kind of plays a different kind of character as well. Mm. Um, like I know he plays someone funny, but it's kind of a, like a more serious take. Um, like he's a, he's very like you know, what's the word like. I mean, they've done well with doing their kind of like, you know, stereotypes of like actors and stuff. But I definitely feel like Jack Platt plays like a mature, funny kind of role instead of just like a dumb, funny role in this movie. I agree. When I was, because I didn't know, I don't know if I would have picked up on it the first time I saw the film, but I was watching it last year again. I was like, it's a very different role because it's also Jack Black playing quite an unlikable character. Like he's funny in it. But he's yeah. not a not he's not a good character. Like he's a jerk. Yeah. Like he's mean yeah. to everyone. Um, except for like when he's really like coming off the drugs and he's just like offering his body to everyone. That's genius. <laughs> but it is a very different because normally Jack Black, even when he's like a schlub in movies, he's always generally quite likable. But yeah. in this, it's like no, he's not likable at all. And he looks so weird with his blonde buzz cut. Yeah, it really makes me laugh when I see him in that wig. And uh, and the whole is it the fatties? Is that what the movie's called? Yeah, yeah, it's like the reverse um, clumps. Yeah, the um, Eddie Murphy take. Uh, his old woman character is so upsetting, which is like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, like it's just funny. Like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, 
That's insane. Like he got nominated for an Academy like Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor that year. Like it's it's like it's insane that like they got away with that. And like yeah, I think the theming of the movie was correct because like it's a movie about Hollywood. Um, mm. You know, it's contradictories, and I think that's why they were able to get away with it because it's so absurd. Um, yeah, it's absurd and making commentary at the same time. Because, like, the movie opens with, like, Ben still with, like, in the Arctic with, like, two guns and, like, two, like, panda. Yeah. Like, in, like, little Eskimo suits on his, on his chest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's got, like, it's got such a great supplementary cast as well. Like, Jay Baruchel is excellent. Like, he's always really good, actually. Um, like, he's in a lot of the Seth Rogen stuff as well. He's, like, one of Seth Rogen's yeah. best friends. But for whatever reason, he didn't quite... I was saying he didn't quite get the career that like the others did. I mean, he is the main guy in How to Train Your Dragon, which is a huge franchise. But like, he didn't quite get the comedy career of like Seth Rogen and and, and those guys for some reason. But he's he's so good, like he's so in, enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and then I like, like I feel like he kind of doesn't like the limelight. If he's like anything like his character in the end, yeah, I I do agree with you. Actually, he probably is a lot I like feel that. Like he doesn't. Yeah, really. Yeah, I feel like it's like really. You know, it's true to his character in that movie. Mm. That's probably why he's like the entry point to that world. I really liked him in She's Out of My League. I don't know if you ever saw that one, but there's yeah, like a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I really liked him in that. Um, and then you've got um, like Tom Cruise, obviously, as like the exec. Yeah. Uh, so funny, like so good. Yeah. Like one of my favorite Tom Cruise performances. I completely forgot that um, Matt McConaughey was in it, like yeah. as the agent. Like there's just so many huge names and it's crazy. Yeah. I like how the movie still takes itself seriously. So they're like, you know, we've got all these like prima donna, like, like actors, you know, mm. how are we going to get better performances out of them? Cause they're too busy, like, you know, fighting amongst themselves. So they're like, okay, let's just like throw them into the wild properly and get a better performance. So it's like, it's really mm. good. How it, takes. it doesn't go, it balances out like the the story and the action with the comedy and it makes the comedy better because it's like obviously what they're doing is like so stupid the characters are so stupid in a serious situation yeah no absolutely i agree with that um and i really like how because the whole idea is that like we're making an award-winning picture it's going to be an award-winning picture and then like at the end you do see them get academy awards but it's not for the movie they were making. Like I liked how they kind of like flipped it on its head a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, we haven't talked about Simple Jack, but Simple <laughs> Jack is. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's yeah. Um, yeah it. Re- I love it when when actors are aren't afraid to like make fun of themselves and make fun of their industry because. It is. It is a. It is interesting because it is treated so seriously. Like Hollywood and cinema is treated so seriously, but like it's a bunch of grown adults m- making pretend for a living. Yeah. Like it's a weird like paradox. So I really enjoy when people kind of make fun of themselves, and this may be one of the best films that does that. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. And then the bit where it's like, Rob Denzel goes, "Do you mean my people?" And then like the other kind of like by Al Pacino. Sorry? His name's Al Pacino. Al Pacino. And <laughs> yeah. he, has, he has booty sweat. That's his energy drink or whatever. <laughs> so what do you mean, my people? <laughs> <laughs> Our people, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, man. That's, um, that's an insane movie. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you mentioned it. 
and it seems like it's it's got a real like cult following. People seem to really still like that movie, which is good because it swings for the fences. It does some weird stuff. Yeah. Um, Danny McBride again playing Danny, Danny McBride is blowing yeah. things up. <laughs> yeah, he's always the weird like side side character doing like the weird jobs. And then was just like randomly an alien covenant. Like he just plays like a redneck <laughs> yeah. guy, and then he's like, by the way, I'm an alien covenant, and I'm going to write Halloween. Like yeah. he's got a, such a strange career. I didn't uh, like Alien Covenant. I thought it was going to be after seeing Prometheus. I thought Alien Covenant was going to blow my mind, and I really didn't like Alien Covenant that much. I um I've only seen it once. I went to it in cinemas with um with Tina and and Nick, who comes on the show quite a bit, and they really liked it. And I thought it was fine at the time. The coolest bit I think was when the alien was crawling on top of the the ship as I was trying to get away. Yeah. Um, it does have the weird flute scene, which is very strange. Yeah, um, it starts. It just like for me, it kind of tapers in a weird direction that kind of like feels different. Yeah, I've got to give it another watch. I am uh, for me, like in terms of alien films, I think the first one is still perfect. I just don't think like, and I don't like being that guy. Where, like well, the first one's the best, but the first one is the best. Like it's really good. Are you talking about Prometheus or alien? no Alien? I mean original yeah. Alien, but Prometheus is really underrated. I like Prometheus as well. There's a new Alien film coming out this year, Romulus. Yeah, um, is it supposed to be the third one? Hang on, Aliens or the the new trilogy? Uh, it's called Alien Romulus, so I think I'll see if I can find. Because I know out. they're having problems with the movie because they they they're saying it's hard because they're not sticking the alien name on top of it. It's um, it's it's finished. They're in post production. Um, it's directed by a horror guy, like Fede Alvarez did. Um. The Evil Dead remake in 2013, and he also did Don't Breathe, which is another really great thriller. Um, so I reckon it's going to be leaning more into the horror territory. Mm. Um, but they're also developing an Alien TV series. Ooh. A prequel series set three decades before the original movie. And it's got um, Timothy Oliphant in it, so it's going to be amazing because he's great. Yeah. Um, I don't recognize anyone else in there. And then I think, yeah, it's um, created by the guy who did the Fargo TV series and Legion and stuff like that. So that's a pretty strong caliber of creators there. So I'd be interested in seeing that. So we've got two alien properties coming out this year. That's cool. That's cool, yeah. I remember when Disney bought Fox, like when it happened like seven years ago or whatever, like everyone was going on and on about, you know, Fantastic Four and, and X-Men and stuff. And that is finally happening. We are seeing that happen in the next couple of years. But I was like, no, they're going to get Simpsons. So you can get Disney writers on the Simpsons and we should see like a cool change there. Not only that, we're going to get Alien. We're going to get Predator. And they made that Prey movie last year, which was really cool. Um, you know, I like all the Predator movies. I really like Predators. I think that's a really good movie. The Adrian Brody one? Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember watching that and loving it. They yeah. like the weird Predator dog things. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Uh, I haven't seen the one after that. So the the fourth one, the fourth Predator, I haven't seen that one. No. Um, but I think I've got it. I'm not sure if I do. Do I have it? Um, no, I don't. Okay, that's why I haven't seen it because mm. I don't have it. Um, I, got, I got distracted. Um, yeah, Tropic Thunder. Excellent. Excellent pick. Um, which brings us to number one already. It feels like we've gone through it really quickly, but I love this list. This is a really good 2000s list. Yeah, yeah. I, so I love this movie. I don't have it on DVD. I think I need to get it. Um, so it's District 9. Oh, what a great movie. Yeah. Like, I just, the way they do the, so I, like, this is, uh, was it Neil? Um, Blomkamp? 
Yeah, that's his name. Um, it's his uh, director debut, and they set it in South Africa, which is just refreshing to begin with, by the mm. way. And then the way they do the like the documentary style of filming, and then the the level of CGI that's in it, you know, which is almost perfect, you know. Um, and then the the story they tell, um, which is a very like um, kind of like a mirror telling of how we we kind of like treat other kind of like um, nationalities with our immigration and stuff is really good. Um, like the, the, the political commentary is done well, um, but still makes like an awesome movie, you know, with this sci-fi movie. Um, it's just really cool. I think it's mm. like a different kind of sci-fi movie and they do really well with the political message. Um, it's, it's really cool. Like the idea that the alien, like, the whole idea, like at first, there's just the thing, just like sitting above the town for all those years, and like, is it ever yeah. going to open up? What's going? And then, like, the idea that they came down, but it wasn't so much an invasion. They just kind of, if I remember correctly, they were like a refugee species, weren't they? They're like, we just need somewhere to live, and they get put in yeah. the slums of all places, yeah. and they're treated like second-class citizens. Yeah. Um, and Charlotte Copley's performance, like the lead actor, who's like they call them bronze, like he's just like. That launch, like that, shot him into superstardom. He's done so many movies because of that role. Like that just launched him into the stratosphere. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And you're right. Like the visual effects. Like, I always think back to like when his fingernails fall off and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And like how his own wife doesn't recognize him. Like it's really, it's so layered. It's such a great science fiction film. Yeah. And like it's 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 actually a real body horror film as well. Like. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Like, I just like the visuals and stuff as well. And I like how the aliens were done. Um, yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. Uh, sorry. Do you ever, like, um, like evoke emotion through, like, something that ugly? <laughs> yeah. And still, like, yeah, like, get the viewers to be symp- sympathetic for it is pretty good. I mean, you can do that with good storytelling, but I think if they do a good job of selling that, yeah, and like it's funny because that was like a really low budget film. Like they shot it like a documentary, as you mentioned, which was a great idea. Like whenever you do documentary style films or found footage style films, it's normally either comedy or horror. Um, the comedy ones tend to work very well. The horror ones, I feel like, are really mixed bag. Yeah. Um, but this was like we're just going to do something different. Like we're just going to do it for a, an alien film, and it just like it was like the perfect concoction. It just works so well. Um, and that's another film where I'm surprised that they didn't try to make more of them. Although I've just I've just seen now that apparently District Ten is in development. So there you go. Yeah, I think if they sit on it full enough and they go, okay, I think it's time for you know another movie. Where I'm like more skeptical now because it's like if you if you're gonna like make a movie and then try to like if your plan is to make three movies already, then I know your first plot's gonna suck suck mm. balls because you're thinking about how to turn this into like a, a three-part story instead of making one good storyline, you know, in one movie. Yeah, yeah unless it was something like Dune where they're like, we have to do two movies. It's such a big story. We have to like spread yeah. it out. Or Lord of the Rings, like with their existing books and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, when they're planning a trilogy, it's like, I remember when Power Rangers came out, they remade Power Rangers in, t- in 2017. And I really enjoyed it. Like it's very, like it's cheesy. Like it tries to be, modern and badass but like when you've got grown adults saying power ranger like it's always going to be silly 
But I remember before the film even came out, they're like, and we we're already planning five sequels. And I was like, why? Just slow down. And none of those sequels came out because the film didn't perform as well as they were hoping. Yeah, yeah. The same thing happened with the Dark Universe. Where they're like, we're doing – they even came up with a title. Like, Remember they came up with titles for Dark yeah. Universe before The yeah. Mummy? They never made another Dark Universe film. Um, and we, the last time you were on, we talked about Fantastic Beasts quite a bit. So, like, obviously, yeah, that kind of forward thinking. It's good to plan or have an idea, but you shouldn't make that your focus. Um, um, yeah. I think, I think the first um, Marvel movies did it right where they're like, we're going to tell four, like, strong, solid stories. And um, not even that strong. Like, and that's, a, it's funny. Like, just, like, coherent. Like, here's a start, middle, and end. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But, like, it's funny because people, like, look back at, like, that in very golden, like, like kind of, like, rose-tinted glasses. And I love those movies. But Iron Man 2, like, for the longest time was maligned by audiences. People, like, really can't. I never understood it. People were like, Iron Man 2 sucks. And it doesn't suck. But, like... I can like it's I can see why people had issues with it. or like Thor the Dark World, which I know is the second phase. But like this is garbage, and now people are like oh, but because Endgame it's better, and I do agree with that. But it's also just like you can't don't like keep changing your mind like just because you don't like the new stuff. Like the they've always had flawed movies, but they're entertaining, so they get away with it. Like the Star Wars um, effect, where they're like like anytime a new movie comes out, it's like it's shit. But then, like, you know how much love the prequels are getting now because of the new trilogy? Yeah, and that new trilogy is not bad. Like, no. I we rewatched all of the new trilogy. We watched eight Star Wars films last year, Tina. We watched the original trilogy. Um, watched the prequel trilogy. The prequel trilogy is slow. Like, I remember by the time we got to episodes, episode three, Revenge of the Sith, like and General Grievous comes out and he's the droid, but he's got like a heart and a brain. He has like the four lightsabers. Like when he came out, Ten was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "I just realized this is, just, this is such a boy character. Like that character was designed to sell toys. Like he's just a like boys would love that." I was like, "Yeah, but the villain in the first movie was the government. Like you needed to make something <laughs> like it was it was the Senate. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you had to make it more interesting." But then we watched the new trilogy, except for Rise of Skywalker, and not because we don't like it. I really liked Rise of Skywalker. I thought that was really yeah. underrated. I but think, like, yeah. Sorry, I was. I'm just going to interject quickly and say I think the problem with the movie is is they should have actually made a new villain and really like just like I mean because the, the the villain ends up being someone we've known for the last six movies. Mm. Right? So they really fell flat, you know, in that last kind of nothing really happens. What if the twist was Bubba Frick was the villain? I, I would be happy. Yeah, I know you love that character. Would you be like disappointed in your boy? We like, oh man, I, yeah. I had faith he, in him. He's a Mandalorian. They know what to do with him. They know. <laughs> hates him with a passion. I think it's just because I like him so much. <laughs> I've only the... seen that movie once, but I remember really enjoying that scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like all the new Star Wars stuff isn't that bad. Like I just finished uh, playing the sequel to The Jedi Knight. Um, okay. And it's really good. It's like, like you could make this into a movie and it'd be solid. Like it's Jedi Survivor. So it's got um that uh the guy who played Joker in the Gotham. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Cameron Monaghan. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. when I, I started playing that that game, he was in the first one, and yeah. I remember like, is that Cameron Monaghan? Like, it's so yeah. weird that like 
they didn't design a character that just like took a guy's face. Like I always, like in again, like in the two thousands, that was very common. Like you have video games based on movies, and they'd use that likeness. Yeah. But like when you like today, like these days, like they're not like they've got the will, the kind of the artistry of like we're gonna create something unique and different. And like to do that, I was like, oh, that's very strange. But I liked it. He was doing like four sliding down ropes or something. I can't remember now, yeah. but I remember yeah. enjoying it quite a bit. The game's very good, and the story's really good too. Um, mm. like, I think that'd easily be could be a new Star Wars um, movie or TV series. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, all the new Star Wars stuff is good. Like, I'm... I, I, like, I like The Mandalorian. I haven't seen... I didn't mind um, Obi-Wan. Um, I haven't seen Andor yet. I tried watch, watching the... Was it Ashoka? I forgot. Ashoka, the, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't... I think I fell asleep, so I, okay. I I've heard mixed things about it. I've only watched season one to a Mandalore, and I've seen nothing else, and not because I don't want to. I just have really struggled to complete TV shows lately. I think I think we talked about this before we started recording, but the only TV show I kind of started and finished last year really was Last of Us. Like most things, I just haven't been able to get through. Like I'm still haven't finished What If season two. Actually, Loki season two. I really liked season two of Loki. I thought that was really well done. Um, but most TV shows, yeah. I haven't sat through I'm behind on everything so um yeah. but but I like that trilogy I liked Rise of Skywalker I the I didn't like Last Jedi the first time I watched it but I rewatched it last year and hands down I'm not even kidding I think it's one of the best things they've done with Star Wars I really really like Last Jedi yeah. except yeah. for the Casino Planet stuff that's just whatever yeah but, a lot of people don't like that scene and it's not as bad as I remember it like in the cinema uh, I was like this is ridiculous and like now I'm like it's not ridiculous it's just a little bit boring but um, I think I think the biggest problem is it's just like a waste of time because like mm. nothing comes of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't it doesn't do anything interesting with the plot. It's just like like it's just extra story. Like it's extra mm. like world building, and it doesn't pay off in any direction because like the guys just like flips on them. So it's just yeah, nothing happens. It's not like an and then situation. It's just like. Oh, they just went here, and nothing yeah. kind of happened because of it. Yeah. And it has it does that movie does have one of the best lightsaber fights of all time, which is when Kylo Ren and and Ray team up, and they're yeah. fighting Snoke and his army. Like that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just needs to up the villains, man. Yeah, Star Wars have been having a bit of a villain issue. Like I guess, like with the original trilogy, yeah. you knew it was gonna like you. It reaches to Vader straight away in the prequels. You're like, well, it's going to become Vader. Like, we know it's his story. Um, but with this yeah. one, they, yeah, they had the opportunity to do something different. And Snoke was cool. Um, and then, but then, like, Ryan Johnson with the second film, I think they're like, do whatever you want. And he's like, right, well, I'm going to get rid of everything you guys like. I'm going to do all this weird stuff. And they're like, damn it. He, <laughs> we have to write a new third movie now. Um, yeah. Have you seen the Boba Fett? Um, TV series? No, I've heard it's fine, but um, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's it, it's good, but I like I feel like they've spent a lot of time on, on the Mandalorian in it. It kind of like that's what I've heard. They're like they might as well call it Mandalorian season three. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I do want to watch Obi Wan, and I want to watch Ahsoka because I'm excited about Hayden Christensen coming back. Like I'm, I'm excited that like he he's back. Like he kind of after that trilogy, he disappeared from the world. Like he, I'm sure he was in stuff, but not a lot of stuff. Um, but like to have him come back is very cool. Like I'm, I'm very excited about that. So 
obviously not excited enough to watch it because I haven't done that yet. But um, I do like the idea of like him having a bit of a chance to redeem himself and and have another yeah. go because he was really yeah I, I liked him I, as an actor. I really like the prequels. I really like them. I yeah, me watch. too. I like him. I feel like I always liked them, and they were out because they were our Star Wars movies. Those were the movies that were in theaters when we were watching movies. Um, particularly, I think Attack of the Clones is really underrated. I know it's everyone's least favorite one, or most people's least favorite one. I think Attack of the Clones is great. Like that whole um, Coliseum scene where like they're fighting the monsters, and then all the Jedi arrive, and like yeah. Jango Fett gets his head cut off in front of his son. Like that's all really cool. Yeah. Um, the CGI in the first one in Phantom Menace has aged really poorly. Like it looks like a cut. Like it looks like a a 3D render of what the movie's going to look like. <laughs> it's it's very blocky and smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I like young uh, Anakin. Um, I think it's really cool. Mm. Um, that's a great list, man. Like I'm looking over it again. Like there's it's so strong. Everyone and, and you know. It helps that it was a strong decade, but no one's had a bad list yet. Like everyone's list of the two thousands has been excellent. It's been really, really good. Yeah. Um, and there's such variety. Like everyone's list has a bit of everything on it, but it's they all uniquely different. There's always something. There's a lot of comedy I'm seeing in the two thousands. So I, that really lends to your kind of theory before about how like it was a big genre for comedy because people are popping them up again and again. I was a little bit surprised. That I didn't see some Mr. Deeds in there. I know you liked Mr. Deeds in the 2000s. That was a great flick. Mr. Deeds. Do you remember that? The Adam Sandler one where he like wins, he inherits the mansion. Oh. And he... That was a great flick. I love Mr. Deeds. I, I, I like Adam Sandler, but not that much. <laughs> I, um, I haven't watched like a classic Adam Sandler film in a long time. I want to go back and watch like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and stuff again. And like Little Nicky, like as well. That's that was like. a 2000s movie, yeah. Little Nicky. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude was on top of the world for a long time. Yeah. Um, excellent, man. Um, we don't have a rapid fire question round for this one because I didn't yes. think of it. I didn't think of it until like after I started recording episodes, and I was like, well. I think I might have run out of ideas anyway, so there's no rapid fire around. Yeah. yeah. So you're off the hook this time. Um, but do you have any closing thoughts, any final thoughts on the decade and the movies we talked about? We talked about a lot of movies, considering it was just a list of five. Um, yeah, yeah. 2000s were probably, yeah, probably the best for variety. And I hope we get back to that because I'd really like to see different movies in the cinema again. I agree. It was, I can't stress it. I've said it a lot. It was a wonderful time. There was so many cool, I did, I'm blown away that you remembered identity. Like that's, that's like, that's blown my mind this evening. So. Yeah. I think like Barbie was so refreshing last year mm. because it just felt like just a ridiculous comedy. Mm. You know, it's something that could have been made in the 2000s. Um, that, yeah. That's kind of like where I'm hoping we, we go, you know, here. Yeah, no, I agree. I um, I'm still wondering how they're going to cross over Barbie with those other toy movies because Hasbro is doing like a bunch of like, on Hasbro, but I think Mattel are doing like a Matchbox Cars movie, and it's like, are they going to cross over? Is like Barbie kind of like join the cinematic universe? I, I don't think it's going to do well. I I'll be I don't think they're going to find the same success with Barbie because it's like you just had the right casting, the right director. That's it. Like that, the only way. There's only there's been plenty of Barbie movies in the past that were made for like kids to sell toys, but the only way you could take that 
that subject matter seriously. And it's not a serious movie, but it's got it's got a message in it. But the idea was to like present it the way they did. I don't think anyone else, any other team, could have done it the way they did, which is really yeah. really good. Yeah, I just yeah, I just think like it, they're going to do all these toys, and they're going to try to like try to replicate uh, replicate replicate the success. And I think it's just going to be like, you know, it's not going to hit the same way. Yeah, and no, I agree with you. Um, excellent. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, it's been great having you back on the show, Josh, and uh, I can't wait to, to do it again with you. We've got some few more things coming up. Um, so it'd be good to have you back. I say a few more things this year. It's only, it's only just about to turn March, but yeah. I just feel like everything's moving so quickly. I've already got like, yeah, a bunch of stuff planned for the show. Uh, but we'll have you back and you had a great list as always, uh, for those, uh, yeah, and, um, oh, I can't put words. I'm very tired. You can play here. Yeah. I was trying to string a sentence together. Um, Deadleaf Games, is that what the 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 handle is on Instagram at Deadleaf Games? Yeah. Yeah. Go and follow Josh on Dead at, at Deadleaf Games. He's always putting up cool updates. Um, I don't know if you can't remember the Dune thing on Deadleaf, whether you just on your personal one, but That's that yeah. go follow Josh, give him a like and a follow and support his stuff. Um, there'll be more updates about that game coming very, very soon, I'm sure. So get on board and help him out there. Uh, if you want to support my show, head over to I Was a Teenage Film Snob, underscores between every single word. Um, I post pretty regular. I've been a little bit slow with the movie posts just recently. Uh, I've been watching a lot of stuff. I'm at like movie 66 or 67 for the year. I've been watching a lot of stuff. I just haven't been posting about it. Um, but I'm doing a lot more video content, so you can enjoy that. Um, if you want to support the show financially, you can head over to tpublic.com and order your very own I Was a Teenage Film Snob t-shirt. Just search for the name. Or you can click the link in my bio on Instagram as well. And that's going to do it. Um, is there anything else that we need to plug that you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no. Go um, go buy the Dune version of Risk. I don't know if it's about when it's available. See, Josh, it was out, out the same week as the movie. When the movie comes out, Google it and buy it and look at Josh's artwork. It's awesome. And, uh, and that is the only homework I'm giving you this week. Um, <laughs> So that's going to do it for the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Josh for coming back. It was a great episode. I hope you all loved it. Uh, And as I say every week on this show, guys, I was a teenage film snob, but I'm trying to be better. We'll see you next week.